Uh, good tidings we bring uh, to you and all your kings here on this Wednesday night. As the ba- the band's still going, the band still the band the band is the band's still playing. Um, great great stuff, boys. Their new their new album out this fall, which I guess is now. Um, you can go get that wherever you buy music, and you can get great handicapping advice from this plethora of minds we have presented to you here on In the Money Media for this roundtable discussion. Fan Duel Championships as well as the Fall Final Four. I won't burn myself at both ends too much tonight. I can lean on many other brighter minds, such as uh, the man to my right, Mr. My, to my right, Mr. Mike Freebozy. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I got some mail today. Uh, Sugar Doyle sent me this Ontario uh, Fire Stakes hat. And then I got this from the Meadowlands uh, from the Twitter contest this past weekend. So how about this? I mean, this was a this was a great day. Now, now we should note that that's only a picture. He did not not fact uh, win ownership of the horse. That went to whoever bought her bought her at Harrisburg. That's Heaven Hanover. To the right, then a man, uh, Canadian among many Canadians joining us, Rob Reed Jr. I suggest, I Rob, you maybe get more uh, names to add to that. Yeah, yeah. well, I probably, probably should. Probably we're really sure. my family too. My dad's Robert. I'm Robert, and my son's Robert. So we're, we're really creative in my family. But no, always uh, humbled to be here with uh, this uh, esteemed group of handicappers. Thanks for having me, uh, as always. And we'd like to welcome from the Meadowlands herself. You see her on the desk in the paddock you see her on fox tv you see her pretty anytime you turn on a television her face is now starting to show up there as jessica Otten. thank you for popping in here jess thank you for having me i am not the most great with technology so it took me a minute to get in here but i'm super <laughs> excited to talk about the fall final fours and the uh, FanDuel championships and mike that was me who sent you that picture <laughs> love it i'm so happy to have it I forgot to mention Jess, a master of the mailroom herself as well. Another man whose face will not uh, disappear from my eyes, and that's partially because I dream about him at night, Mr. John Rallis, associate editor from Trot Magazine, among WEG commentator, who will also be joining uh, Jess on TV at the Meadowlands this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thanks to the Meadowlands team for uh, you know bringing me on uh, board this weekend. I'm really excited for it, actually. Uh, to get this opportunity, it's a big, big night. Excited to work alongside Jess, uh, Shades, and uh, Dave Little. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm happy to be there in person. Thanks a lot, guys. And finally, a man who was able to get great Wi-Fi from the Winter Circle at Harris Hoosier Park by the looks of it, uh, Garnett Barnsdale battling through uh, his fifth cold of the season already. You might get a record by the end of it all. 
I might. I, I should maybe join Rallis. He looks like he's sitting in a church. Are you in a church pew there, John? No, I'm not in a church. I'm in my in my room. Okay, okay. I was going to say some prayers. Maybe I get better. But uh, yeah, that's a picture of a Confederate winning the Breeders' Crown taken by my son. Uh, I'd say that um, you being in the foreground is probably more important than that horse we'll talk about much later on the show. Plenty of stakes action to talk about here and loads of interesting races. Uh, even some of these shorter field ones, which kick off the discussion for us tonight. We have back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back stakes on Saturday, November 25th at the Meadowlands Racetrack in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Races 4 through 11, also featuring... Oh, a 20-cent pick eight. 15% uh, takeout on that wager for those who want to try and knock the winner in every single one of these stakes events. First, most Mayor Pacers in the FanDuel Championship. Uh, five of them going to post in this race. And uh, for, first things first, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk to my, my homie Mike, uh, who, who, who and I go way back. We see short fields like this often, Mike, and as gamblers, sometimes we think, I don't want to touch that. But with these FanDuel championships, we pin some of these three-year-olds against older horses. So we get a horse like Twin B Joe Fresh against Max Contract. Some people would say a race like that could be a coin flip and maybe you could find some value. What are your thoughts on that? I I do. The short fields are tough. I mean, that's, that's it's not what we're looking for, right? We're, we we want big fields. We, we want more possibilities, more action. Uh but the best horse should win this race. There should be no excuses. And uh, so you get five horses. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to see how good Twidby Joe Fresh matches up with Max Contract. And Max Contract has been kind of taking a, a seat since that Breeders' Crown final where she was an easy winner, I thought. There was no doubt she was winning that race. Uh, she's won four straight now. I think she wins this race. I, it doesn't really matter to me that she's sad all this time. I think she's the best horse. I think some of the other horses in there really like Racing Bell, Michaela. I, I really, I don't see them winning the race. I think it's Max Contract or Twinby Joe Fresh. Who, you know, <clears throat> can Twinby Joe Fresh step up? You know, can she show that speed maybe that she had earlier this season and maybe get to jump in the race? I'm not crazy about her in the race. I, I don't think that that she can maybe step up and, and face older. She's had a long year, 16 starts. She does like to win, uh, but when she's faced with the Sylvia Hanovers and when she's faced with some of those top ones, she tends to maybe uh, come up on the short end, and I think she'll have that problem this time. I, I like Max Contract in the race. At the same time, though, uh, Jess, we look to the FanDuel Championships, which at one point were the TVG Championships as well, and we've seen many three-year-olds go and tackle the older horses. I think to – I'm pretty sure – I'm not sure if Captain Treacherous was involved in that at the time, if the races were involved there. But either way, I think to like last year, for example, Nikki Hill, Treacherous Dragon, uh, both faced the older mares. They weren't able to win, but still held their own. Uh, so kind of just talk about Twin B, what do you think of Twin B Joe Fresh in a battle like this and also just these three-year-olds going against older horses in a race like this? Well, also a couple of years ago, Peaky Sneaky was in with uh, Kissing in the Sand and she finished, I think, either second or third behind Kissing in the Sand. It was a really good effort. Uh, I actually was at qualifiers this Saturday just so I could watch a few of these uh, three-year-olds qualify back after having a week off after the Breeders' Crown. And when I was standing there watching it, I wasn't quite sure what Twin B. Joe Fresh was going to do. Uh, she kind of looked like she was lagging a bit, but I think that was exactly what Dexter wanted and, and Mile worked into her because when she was at... Uh, the matron, I thought it was a really good bounce back effort. It's not like she raced horrible a couple of those other starts, but I think she really enjoys the Meadowlands. I think she likes being home in New Jersey and from a horseman standpoint, 
Um, I know that Phillies tend to like their own atmosphere a lot better. So you'll still, you, you see a lot of horses when they come back to Jersey, uh, really, you know, find their groove again. And Nancy said it a couple weeks ago, caviar bell, when she got back to Jersey, she was healthier. Uh, and she just acted more herself when she was in her home environment. So I would take a shot with twin V Joe fresh in here. Uh, twin B Joe fresh. Of course, uh, Mike was touching on it. Max contract, possibly her main threat. The second choice on the morning line in this race at eight to five. Twin B Joe Fresh, I believe the only three-year-old in these races that earns morning line favoritism. Um, Garnett, a man who has been following Max Contract for so long. I'm curious, for one, do you land on her here? And for two, are you kind of annoyed that she's not going to be that 10 to one, 12 to one you're always trying to chase her at? Yeah, and I really couldn't take three to two in the Breeders' Crown. And, I, you know... Um, I'm going to disagree a little bit with Mike here. I think she got a super good trip in that race. I don't, I, I don't think th by the time they hit the three quarters, the top of the stretch, she could not win with the trip she got. That being said, she's won four in a row, five out of her last six. She's terrific right now. And yeah, I, I mean, you know, I made a couple of really big scores on her, um, in her two and three year old seasons, but I, I like Michaela a little bit in this race. It's a short field. I think, you know, if you look back to the Breeders' Crown elimination, um, she set the pace right and was and was caught um, caught late by Max contract, but I think she sits and sits and sits and she's got a really big kick. And if you know if she's she can get on second over cover, turn it for home. I, I don't understand how Twin B Joe Fresh can be the morning line favorite in this race. I think um, that's a little bit off. I would think Max contract should be, but um, you know I'm going to probably be a lone wolf here trying to beat them both with Michaela. Michaela is certainly one of the more interesting horses in this race, just if we're trying to figure out how the race sets up. Because, uh, John, in short fields like this, sometimes it's the most important handicapping thing is to figure out who's going to the lead. A horse like Michaela has shown she has the speed, but she's not really the strongest on the lead. She's shown an affinity for following a horse off a helmet, and then a horse like Twin B. Joe Fresh to the inside, who is the best horse in the race, quote-unquote, uh, we think would probably want to go and sit forward. So in a short field like this, John, how do you kind of map horses on what positions they might try and get into? I think you can also think of it from the standpoint that no, nobody can really get into trouble in a, in a five horse field. Right. So I don't even think Dexter's going to really require the lead um, with this Philly. I, you know, I kind of disagree in the sense that I think she should be the morning line favorite in this race. I think she's the most <laughs> talented horse in this, uh, in this field here. I know she's a three-year-old, but she's basically, you know, kind of transitioning into her age career, right? I mean, it's late into the season. Uh, I think that she's been dynamite. I think that this isn't the most, uh, I think this isn't the deepest group of open uh, mares that we're seeing in this field, right? Unfortunately, we did have, to, we see the likes of uh, Prohibition Legal and Silver Label scratched out of this event, unfortunately. I think that really would have added to the depth of this field. But I mean, I think somebody's going to need to cut this mile. And I don't see why Dexter should cut this mile, right? I mean, we saw her get beat in the elimination, uh, you know, losing getting out sprinted in the lane, right? I think this Philly's so much better off a target. I think we saw it at Dover. It was a slow first over grind, but Dexter was able to pull away from the field. He was, uh, Twimby Joe Fresh was rather. And uh, in that qualifier, I mean, you could see her in the lane, right? I mean, she was, Jess was talking about how uh, she was there uh, for the qualifiers. And she's right, Dexter was, you know, kind of measuring himself out. And when the lane, top of the lane came, I mean, Dex gave her a couple of reminders and she responded really well. I think that in a short field, he's going to put, have a target uh, in, in the stretch drive. I think she's going to be awfully tough to fend off. I'll kind of pose to you, Rob, the same question I posed to Mike, uh, aside from Garnsdale, who is going lone wolf with Michaela and probably get paid if that does pay off. 
a race where we have Twin B, Joe Fresh, Max Contract as the main standouts on paper. I know a lot of times you say sometimes you just go for uh, the better price of the two, uh, but would you say that there's a case to be made where maybe you should just lean on one more than the other? Well, I am. So, yeah, there is a case to do that. Um, and if you, as anyone that reads the Horse Players Journal, if you watch me anywhere I'm on, on the broadcast, probably know what I'm going to say right now. John Rowell certainly knows it because we debate this all the time uh, about uh, the age factor. And, and I will side with Max Contract over Twinbee Joe Fresh, mostly because of that. Um, yeah, she's three. Twinbee Joe Fresh turning four. But that just means Max Contract's four turning five. That age maturity to me is is too much to overcome. Maybe well that'll change later on in the uh, card when we talk about the uh, the final dash for me. But um, at the end of the day, it's Max Contract for me. And, and to be perfectly honest, I think Michaela chops it out, and that's who I'm going to be using underneath Max Contract, or, or probably boxing the two of them because that's the only way you can really bet the race is if you end up going against either Twinby Joe Fresh or Max Contract for me. I'm going to be firmly with Max Contract, and and I will always lean on that age factor. And and that's not to take away the fact Max Contract's been racing fantastic as well. But again, two horses with stellar paper. I'm going to side with the um, with the one that has the maturity edge. And Max Contract's already proven that she can win off a similar time frame, and I think she does it again. Uh, but again, using that one with Michaela and the exotics. Uh, before we move on to the next race, I want to touch on. Uh, my thoughts, more specifically, that I feel like one horse we're forgetting in the conversation, especially when it comes to exotics and such, is uh, Racine Bell, one where we look back to many of these free-for-all mare events. And uh, time and time again, uh, she's there at 20 to 1, 50 to 1, sometimes 6 to 1. Doesn't she have to get too. the front in the race? Doesn't she have I, to get the front? Well, from the pylon post, she certainly can leave. And I feel, mm -hmm. if anything, she's going to be one of those horses that just tries to get the position and get the best check possible. And in a short field like this, she's the longest shot in the morning line. She's the longest shot on the board. I feel that using a horse like her underneath is probably the only way I could put money on the race. And that, But that's also because I feel like Twin B. Joe Fresh, more likely than not, uh, gets to the winner's circle. Unless Dexter, for some reason, gets away fifth in the field of five, in which case I think there's going to be a little bit of sweat on uh, the backs of the betters. But I envision Twin B. Joe Fresh trying to at least get forward. And to that point, it's going to be a question of if she has it in her to out-sprint everybody. Because Max Contract, I imagine, is going to have to come from off the speed or come first up, luck into a helmet, maybe follow Twin B. Joe Fresh. And either way... Uh, make that last quarter of a mile for a five-horse field um, way more interesting than um, many other five-horse fields uh, have materialized in other races. Uh, the fifth race is the next stake we'll talk about, but first I want to shout out absolutely everybody. And actually, I can't do everybody because that might take as long as this show is supposed to be. Who's watching tonight? Loads of interaction in the comments uh, from Anthony DeFrancesco, Moira Fanning, J.D. Varnell, Mark Anderson, loads of people tuning in on facebook i imagine more on youtube and twitter and other spheres where comments may or may not pop into my eyes uh, i'm glad that you all could join us here on this holiday evening uh for this handicapping discussion that continues with the fifth race first of the fall final four we're going to talk about the fall final four specifically stakes events for the two-year-olds the babies the freshmen uh those growing up getting ready to become sophomores uh, this is the Colt Trot Valley Victory, $423,000 purse. And we might be able to make this quick if uh, we can get a show of hands. Uh, who all <laughs> thinks Carl wins? Show of hands. 
One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so that that part's out of the way. The most interesting point that I think we could make, does anybody have a long shot they think can hit the ticket? Show of hands, long shot that can hit the ticket. That's Garnsdale, you're first. You were, you were really excited. You were really excited to talk. Who do you think hits the ticket here? I really like the way Dakry Hanover closed last week. I don't know about the 12 to 1 morning line or what kind of a exactor price you're going to get here, but um, if I can get somewhere in the neighborhood of 6 to 1, I'll be betting 6 4 straight. Oh, that exacta, by my estimation, would pay about $9. Show of hands, does $9 on that exacta sound fair to anybody? Not even you, Garnsdale. Wow. Okay. I don't, uh, I won't, Mike. I don't want nine bucks on that. <laughs> Mike, your <laughs> hand popped up. Are you on the Dakry Hanover game? Yeah, same well horse. I think we'll all be on the same horse there. I mean, that's that, that horse is obvious, and the 12 to 1 is going to bring a lot more eyes because people are going to say, oh, this horse is 12 to 1. And you find a, a morning line like that, and, and they tend to get hammered. Uh, I think that horse will be the second choice. I think the 1 probably is the other horse, and uh, it's really those two underneath. Uh, now, now, Jess, being on track for that elimination, were there any horses that kind of caught your eye coming out of the race, uh, specifically on trip or anything else that you might have seen? No, I really thought that the elimination winner handled the trip really well. Uh, he looks like he can be a little bit of a quirky horse, and I've seen him race plenty of times uh, over Lexington and at the Meadowlands, but I just thought he handled the trip well. He left, he got positioned from an outside, he sat the pocket like a professional, and when Andy had room, he was able to trot home really strongly. Uh, I'm not going to say he he's uh, going to be 8-1 to one when it comes to time because I know people maybe overlook the uh, elimination winners or overbet the elimination winners, but I just think he handled that trip so well uh, that he's definitely worth a look at in the field. Uh, okay, so we got two Daiquiri Hanovers. So I could go for a Daiquiri Hanover right now if I'm being honest. Winner okay. Soldier has a vote. John, I think I saw your hand. Are you also thinking Daiquiri Hanover is the horse or are you going to give us something a bit more – Juicy. You know what? Daiquiri Hanover, that's a horse. I, I saw the morning line and I figured this guy's going to take a lot more support than I think uh, the morning line indicates. And I think by virtue of what we're saying here on the podcast, uh, you know, you mentioned, Ray, though, of, did anyone look good warming up? I was just watching from uh, from home, but I noticed Daiquiri Hanover looked exceptional post-parade. Like, I just saw him and I said, wow, this guy just looks awesome. And he raced, uh, he raced exceptionally well as well. Uh, but I think this is a race where I'm going to try and maybe look for a horse like Waterfall underneath. I've actually liked the way he's raced this over his last two. I thought uh, he raced just fine. Obviously, Dakri Hanover was able to edge him out on the play spot and uh, showed a bit more trot late, but he has a good draw to work with. I like the way that he's trending forward so far this year. I mean, nothing too impressive in that Kentucky Goldenrod start, but took some time off, and I really think that he's kind of found his form and found his rhythm over at the Meadowlands, and I think that Todd McCarthy can work out a pretty good trip and uh, hit the ticket underneath for a price. And plus two, a race like the Valley Victory being in November, a lot of times a stake that's aimed for some of these horses that are developing uh, later in the season, giving one last try at a big purse. And he only has five starts. Dakri Hanover, the only other real fresh one with four starts under his belt. He debuted in September in the Bluegrass of all races. Much easier company to debut against if that tells you anything about what uh, the Svenstedts might think of that horse. Uh, but Robbie. Reed, Robbie, Robbie Reed. We're going to have a probable one to nine. I'd venture one to 20 favorite <laughs> in Carl. Certainly Dakri Hanover. You might get, you might get a four to one exact if you're lucky on that. But uh, do, do we have to get creative when it comes to trying to find these underneath horses? Or do you think a race like this, especially with two-year-old trotting Colts can be yeah. that simple? First of all, Carl, I mean, you know, I still don't know how he's not nine for nine. I know he lost that race 
in Lexington, but I mean, watching that race live and even 10 times on the replay, I still thought, thought he won that race. But um, yeah, for me, flying Kronos to 10 because I'm a big fan of taking back value. I think it's a bounce back spot for that one race well from an outside post before. And um, yeah, I just, I just think that um, six to five uh, and the elimination, you're going to come back with a much bigger price now. And I think if he bounces back, you can get paid on the exotics. Did it bother you though that he was completely empty in his trail? No, not really. Okay. No. It, it, I think the second most important question with post 10 at the first quarter, where do you think he is? Hopefully. Flying or okay. To it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what he did. That's what he did in the kindergarten final, right? So that's what I'm thinking. Uh, he's got to do to, to, to get into position there. And, and, and again, I'm a big fan of taking back value. That's something that I always preach uh, on all the shows that I'm on. So, you know, you're six of five in the elimination. Yeah, it was a, a brutal effort. Missed a week between starts, and I'm thinking he can he can bounce back with a much better effort, and he's going to be a price. I obviously like Zachary Hanover, but like everyone else, there's not going to be 12 to one on there. You're going to likely have him as a definitive second choice, right? So I'd rather look maybe to the stable mate to create a little bit of value. Certainly, if Dex. Oh, were you gonna say something, Garnsdale? No, sorry. Oh, okay. Just a just a little sniffle sneeze. I I understand. You're you're allowed more of those to the show if you'd like. Uh, certainly, you're gonna get probably like I'd say I'd say thirty forty to one on flying Chronos. That that you could easily get a twenty to one exact on that, and that's something that I could get behind. Uh, beyond that, you know, it's a pretty simple race. I'm surprised no one talked about security protected. I guess everyone's just of the mindset that he's gonna be a short price and too short of a price uh, worth betting off uh time off third place finish in the breeders crown final though not bad uh, i'd say but you know if he's like the second or third choice i'm in full agreement waterfall though uh I'm, I'm, I'm with john on that one that's that's a sneaky horse who i think you can forgive him not being the strongest finisher in the elimination just because you know the experience is it's still coming he's still learning he's still figuring things out but uh, that's certainly a race where you got to get through Carl. And hey, here's another humdinger of a race to try and figure out how to beat the favorite. Race six, FanDuel Championship for the Trotting Mares. Five horses going postward. Maybe not this much of a coin flip this time, Mike, because the morning line says Bond Jiggy Jog. It's apparently a Svenstead date to dinner uh, in this race. But five to one on MM's dream. She's not out for the count. She was five to one in that uh, Breeders' Crown final, about four and a half. And she was coming back on Jiggy Jog whenever Jiggy looked gone. So uh, it, it's it's tough to know, I think, what kind of trip she sets in here. I, I'm very curious to see, like, the team tactics here with Bond and Jiggy Jog. Does Bond try to cut it out? Uh, Jiggy Jog, I think, is a little bit better from off the pace, at least more recently. I mean, she was dominating some of those fields where she was going to the front when she was the best horse. Well, this is going to be a little different now. And and does one go and the other one, you know, come around? It's it's uh the tactics are going to be very curious. And and when MM Dream was able to beat Jiggy Jog, you know, she took it right to her back on Hambo Day. So that was, I think maybe she might have been a little better then than she is right now, at least recently. But she's in the conversation. She's gonna be probably four times the price of the other two. And if you can't you know, decide how are they going to line up or, you know, what kind of trip she's definitely capable and you're going to get paid if you like her. I, I like Jiggy Jog. I think she's probably the best, the most talented. The fact that she's in the race tells you that she's probably on go, uh, you know, but 
you're going to get probably four to five, maybe three to five. She'll be the favorite in the race, and that's what makes it tough. I don't think it's a great betting race, but I can't wait to see it. Uh, now, Jess, you mentioned being at qualifiers, MM's dream, the lone qualifier of this field. Any any kind of things stand out to you with her when she was third behind take all comers? I'm not going to lie. I wasn't overly impressed. Uh, I thought maybe she'd have a little bit more of a kick at the end of the mile, uh, but she just kind of flattened out of it, which – you know, I, I don't really know how to how much I want to read into that because she was really good in that Breeders' Crown final. I thought she did come on uh, again really nicely against Cheeky Jog, but uh, it's academic and a take all comers just kind of left her in the dust a bit there. So I don't know. Uh, I definitely, you know, speaking of like trip wises and whatever, when you get the rail, it's so hard to leave at the Meadowlands and be on front or second. You're going to get away third, fourth, or fifth. Uh, and if that's the case, I know Aki is going to probably try to find a helmet with Bond. Jiggy Jog is, you know, good either way, but she's going to want to come from off the pace. But it'll be interesting to see because if those two want to follow someone and, and it leaves nothing but David, then on the front end, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean, John, we can talk about this too with Five Horse Fields. Sometimes it is kind of a it's, – it's not a race for who wants the lead. It's kind of just a you can take the lead and we'll we'll make our move when we make our move. So that that could play into the hands of a horse like MM Street or maybe even if she's able to reverse the form from the Breeders' Crowd final raised by Lindy, who's known for her gate speed too. Yeah, I think that – I mean, you guys, do you guys think that Bond is going to end up being the second choice in this race? Though I just want to pose that question first. I do. Only only one thought on that. I'm I, not I, sure. I'm I not don't sure. know either. MM's dream is going to be a lot lower than five to one. I think I'm yeah. not sure. Bond's second choice here is a, as a three year old. Hmm. I I just don't know what to make of that. I mean, that start in the Breeders' Crown final is pretty strange, right? I mean, it looked like uh, Jiggy Jog was going to kind of open up and be a you know an easy winner, and then MM's dream kind of comes back on again, and we've seen her get the get the best of Jiggy Jog in the past right now. I, I, you guys talk about value as well. I think that this is a race that maybe if Bond does take uh, some support by virtue of what she's done so far in her sophomore campaign, maybe we can just forgive MM's dream, right? I mean, we've seen Ray and I saw firsthand over at Mohawk, right? When Burke kind of took this, uh, this mare over, you know, she didn't really respond to, I think she made a miscue off the gate too. So he had her, you know, in, in a good spot afterwards, he figured it out a couple starts after sometimes she's shown that she's, put forth some lackluster efforts or not lackluster per se, but efforts that she likely should have got the job done off of. But this might be a nice bounce back start for her in the final. Again, I'm with Jess. I don't know what to make of that qualifier, right? I mean, she was chasing a couple of uh, pretty talented trotters uh, in that mile. I wanted to see her finish up a little more, but I didn't really notice Dave asking her too much. I think it was just a trip around the track. I think that, you know, you have to just kind of give Burke the credit and hope that she's ready to go when the money's on the line. And uh, I think, she's going to be value in here because I think the other two are going to take support. So why not take a stab here? I, I her, her main thing though, is that she's always kind of been a grinder versus a horse that's had loaded a load of gate speed. Like you and I remember John, I think it was the arm broke flight elimination when, or it was the start before that Dave lost her trying to leave. And then he really had to baby her off the gate. And that's been an ongoing trend is that she eases off the gate now versus bull rushing off. And you know, with horses like Jiggy Jog raised by Lindy Bont, horses that have your hell, even Swan's Eye, who has gate speed, that that kind of puts her in a precarious spot from that inside post, as Jess was mentioning as well. Uh, Robbie, we have Bond, the three year old, within a field of all four year olds. Oh, isn't that something? Uh, does age trump here? Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's 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 generally going to do that for me. I know some people disagree with it, but. 
if the three-year-olds win, then I'm likely going to lose. That's just the way it is. I mean, there's exceptions to the rule, obviously, but for me, I, it, maturity always plays a big part in it. And and I, I'll be honest, like I, I, I couldn't just off watching, you know, their races. I'm not going to get to bond ahead of Jiggy Jogger, MM Streamy, anyway. So, I mean, she's a fantastic filly, but again, I, I, I don't like taking three-year-olds against four-year-olds even at this point in the year. Uh, and for me, it was, you know. Jiggy Jog on top, MM's Dream pick second, and, and thinking that obviously the better value in the win ticket, like everyone else, is going to be MM's Dream. And, and I think she, uh, you know, is more than capable of, of uh, you know, upsetting with the right kind of trip she almost did in the Breeders' Crown. So those two for me, and, and yeah, Bond, I mean, it's not an auto toss, but generally speaking, it, it's going to be one where I shy away from the, uh, the three-year-olds in these spots. Man, with, with what everyone's been talking about, Garnsdale, I, I'm feeling more and more alone in the camp that Raised by Lindy is a, is a good value play for the exotics in this race. Uh, am I really am I really alone here? Is it just me on this island? I can see her getting a piece. I mean, she had to go to the front from the nine hole um, in the Breeders' Crown, and, and the front end was no really no good most of that night, right? So um, she's going to be a huge price and uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with you. You think she can get a piece, especially in a five horse field. She, even if she gets third and you hit a try straight, you could do okay. Um, one thing I'll say about the, the age factor is you hear two different sides, sides of the coin. You hear people say, well, she's on, you know, it's, it's late in her three-year-old year. She's almost four, but then you, when horses are, when three very good three-year-olds are starting their four-year-old year, you hear other people say, and it's a lot of times it's horsemen. That's the toughest uh, age when they're when they're turning four facing older. So which one is it, right? Make up your mind. I don't know. Um, but for me, I think Jiggy Jog's on a roll. I think she's the best mare. She's probably going to be a single for me in uh, in most of, you know in the uh, multi race wagers. That uh, British Crown was a bit weird. I don't know if she just got a little bit lazy at the end of the race, but she was never really in danger of losing the race. So um, I think she's just the best, and she's probably going to win this race. Lest we forget, Jiggy Jog went first over around that last turn, too, uh, before getting a little lost in the stretch. And a uh, good drive by Dexter Dunn uh, to kind of uh, intimidate MM's dream a little bit through the lane there and hold position to win uh, in that Breeders' Crown final. But Jiggy Jog, uh, rightfully the horse to beat as the even money favorite. It's all, with again, with these Fandle championships, always nice to see three year olds uh, entering the competition just to add a little bit of extra intrigue into these handicapping puzzles bond at seven to five though i i honestly would try and uh i'd try and get raised by lindy in, into the number there next stake three diamonds final two-year-old pacing fillies three hundred seventy-six thousand dollars on the line and uh what i'm curious about uh from jessica is that of these two of these two recent winners at the meadowlands uh, who do you think was more impressive? My girl EJ winning her three diamonds elimination or a caviar bell uh, storming home in that kindergarten final? Which one was more impressive? Oof, that's a tough question. Um, you know, caviar bell had been so good all season and then she kind of fell off the tail there when she went to Mohawk. I think in the, uh, she's a great lady. Uh, but that was the horse that Nancy said that when she got back home, she was a totally different horse and she really, uh, came back to herself. 
I will say though, I've been a fan of my girl EJ all season. Um, and you'll hear, you've heard Ronnie Burke say like he wouldn't trade his Philly for any other Philly and it paid off in the breeders crown. She's the one who, you know, obviously upset in geocentric. I just like, um, I think that caviar bell was impressive, but I'm going to go with my girl EJ, even though I know she's going to be a super short price. You know, she had to move. Dexter was so patient with her up the backside. He moved her in the third quarter uh, and he just had to ask her just to kind of keep her attention in the lane. The plugs were still in uh, and she did it with ease, honestly. So uh, I think she's a very versatile filly. Um, if they try to mix it up, I think, uh, you know, she's very capable of sitting there and waiting as long as she has to. Only thing is, is you don't want to get locked in. You don't probably don't want to get away third and have to come first over against a killer on the front end or get locked in. I think that's, uh, you know, boxed in, in the stretch. We saw that a couple of times, uh, last week worked out for Toddy and, uh, Captain Luke, but it didn't work out in a couple of other spots. So I, I would definitely think that my girl EJ is the one, uh, here. Yeah, Robbie, I see two to one on the morning line. More likely than not, we're probably going to see her closer to six to five, even money. I would yeah. even say uh, if if you're lucky, not that I think that's necessarily great a great price on her, but just given the resume and the seamlessness to which yeah. she has won, uh, does she get the Rob Reed stamp of approval? Uh, you know what the problem is, is that here I go again. I'm, I'm a chalk-eating weasel, right? I mean, throughout this so far, we'll have to break that trend at some point. But yeah, she does because... The Breeders' Crown performance, I thought, was like, it was unbelievable. It really was. And um, and then, obviously, she she came right back, and it was impressive in, in her elimination for the Three Diamonds. And, I, I mean, what do you – I mean, in overnight races, you know, missing a, a week or two weeks or a month in between, it matters. I don't think it matters as much at this level, but she's got that, too. She She's right back in on a regular schedule. I had a hard time going against her. I actually was was looking for something in this race and I couldn't do it. My girl EJ was was the one that uh, I was I was staunchly on, you know, throughout uh, my handicapping of this race. And I guess the uh, the one that I might go to for underneath would be miraculous day, or the one that finished second during the elimination, hoping that that can uh, work out again. Uh, <coughs> released from the nine holes out of the ten hole this time. So I think if you get you know, seven to five, eight to five on her, you're, you're probably in good shape. And I hate to take favorites, but I, I couldn't go against her off her recent performances. Uh, I, I don't know. Oh, apparently the progress pace is gone. Why, why doesn't Dover know that we're doing our broadcast right now? Why would they book the progress pace during this discussion? That's, that's crazy. If you ask me, we, we gave them, we gave them ample notice over at Dover. Apparently, they're up the backside, though. Uh, are you stopping the show to watch it, or what do you, you want to go live? Like, what are you and, doing? No, ev everyone else who's watching this point has stepped away to watch it. So I figure, why shouldn't I? I too, you know. I mean, sure, I'm hosting the show, but uh, also this is a big thing, I guess, that's happening. And uh, I would like to congratulate El Ray, who's turning for home at the top of the stretch. Away. Actually, I should congratulate Cannibal, who's sitting in the pocket. And looks like, a, no, on the outside, I'm going to congratulate Why Not Now as he has just become uh, the progress pace winner. Yeah, Why Not Now. Congratulate. Round of applause, everybody. Let's congratulate Why Not Now. 148-2 and two at Dover Downs in November in the progress pace final. It's making me sweat. Whew. Imagine someone yeah. betting that race live, Ray, with you giving them that bad info on the turn there, right? Like this one's gonna win, that one's gonna win. You can I tell did that to me once. He did to me once in a thoroughbred race. I could you could bet live, you know, back in the day. Uh and um yeah, 
he told me, oh, this one, and I bet that one, and then I ended up betting five different horses in the race. I, I, you, I was, I was you needed El Ray, Robbie? <laughs> What's that? No, 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 no. I, I'm not betting while I'm doing this with you guys. Come on, that would be uh, that would be sick. Yeah, that would be that'd be crazy. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that uh, no one was betting that live because in England they're all asleep by now. But uh, back to the three diamonds uh, specifically. Uh, Garnsdale, I, I don't know. We're talking about favorite, favorite, favorite. It can't all. It can't be all favorites. It can't be. I mean, it could be all favorites, but I don't want to think it's all favorites in it these things. It won't all be favorites, but I think you're going to get another one here. Robbie stole my thunder. I'm going to try a six nine here. I thought. Um... Caviar Bell, was she impressive? Sure, but I mean, the race kind of fell into her lap to, to just motor by those horses, right? When they went 20, 26 and 3, 54 flat to the half, and then you got a, a 28 and a 27 and 4 uh, quarters to end it. So um, she's probably going to, you know, a 6 3 here will probably be paying nothing. And um, that's kind of an angle, right? To, to take the horse to finish second to the horse you're, you're taking on top. And I think a 6 9 will be paying paying well i you know we're i think we're going to pick against some favorites in some of these races but it's it's tough in this one to do that john is it really that tough yeah i think it's going to be i think it's going to be tough to go against uh you know my girl ej and uh, caviar bell but i for me it's my girl ej i think i'm with everybody else here that that was a pretty good uh elimination though right ray i mean we've seen this philly she's kind of rounding into form right now it was a first over trip. Uh, Dexter, I mean, she came home in 26 and three, right? And she had to do it the hard way and she was shut down halfway down the lane, right? Caviar Bell, while she was impressive motoring down the lane, she did have a bit of speed to chase, right? And it was nice to see her bounce back. But I mean, it's just too tough to go against my girl, EJ. I think the right idea is to just try and find some value players underneath. Uh, I really like the way Miraculous Day has raced. Um, you know, I actually made a play on on her two starts back. I got locked in with Todd McCarthy, unfortunately, and then I had to I had to see Caviar Bell just kind of motor home uh, to beat me while I was locked in into the into the you know behind some horses. But I think maybe Sarasota Hanover. I think she's a sneaky player here to maybe hit the ticket. Uh, she was kind of locked in a bit last time. I know this horse does have some speed, and she's kind of handy enough to get the job done and leave the gate aggressively. So uh, Sarasota Hanover is probably one that I'd be looking for underneath. Uh, it's final. You finally jumped off the Blue Pacific bandwagon. It's I, I. It's so sad to see. Not nine. You had a great nine start run with her, John. And um, I hope that. What uh, was the tweet again? What was the tweet? Yeah, no, let's not let's not bring let's not bring that up. Right now. <laughs> I just I'm trying to remember it. I've got a I bookmark. Was, I was really high. I was really high on her. Okay, I was really really high on her. And then got to got to keep the receipts part. right. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Bucafellos, I think. Yeah, I've been uh, wrong plenty of times. I, I sunk on the same ship with John as Bucafalis, but I, I hope at the very least with Blue Pacific you had a good uh, prenup. Uh, Mike, 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 Mike. There are so many votes for my girl. Am I the only – I must be the only one who feasibly thinks Caviar Bell is the winner of this race. I like Caviar Bell a lot. I think that I'm okay. going against my girl. The thing about my girl, I loved her in the Breeders' Crown. Uh, not many people did, but I did. That what's, The difference with her is she's been taught to rate now. And she's able to sit and then come. And that has been the difference in her these past few races. And so that's what's made her into the killer that she is. But Caviar Bell coming back and, and really, she was a monster there for a while too. And she looked unbeatable for a while. And then she was off form. And then all of a sudden she shows up in their kindergarten final and storms home in 26 and three and goes sub 150. And, and now she's inside. She doesn't have to be 
you know, outside taking that trip. She can take it to him. She used to be able to take her, you know, the, these races up close. She's going to be up close again. I see Yannick being aggressive. I think he gets the jump and they're going to have to come and get her here. That makes a huge difference in the dynamics in this race. This, the trip's not going to be the same. The fact that she showed up here and overcame and that wasn't her typical trip and got back to herself makes her very dangerous, I think, especially whenever she's going to be, I would say, probably three to one in this race. And I think that that's worth taking. And I agree with John about Sarasota Hanover also. Uh, you know, that kindergarten final, she sort of got lost whenever she got, you know, up front and got tracked down late. But she, I think, could trip out in here. She's going to be a big price. Scott Zeron, no, uh, you know, uh, there's no... Uh, secret that i think he's the best driver so you know I, i'm gonna stick with my man there too i think that that's a horse worth using in exotics for sure now i mean yeah my girl ej can win and she's probably one too but I, i'm gonna try caviar bell in here i think that uh, the trip could work out i was gonna ask what price you think you'd get three three to one would three. be pretty good uh yeah, i feel I like, three. like Especially because we forget that the main, the big race that threw her onto our radar was uh, when she won in a stakes record at Mohawk. It was either in 51 or 50 in the Eternal Cam Nation. That was back in August, late August, early September. And then uh, going into the She's a Great Lady, the moment she took time off, and that's the only thing I'm curious about here, because the moment she took time off, Yannick said that she was getting a little lazy. So I'm curious if having the few weeks off from the kindergarten final, uh, if Caviar Bell is as spring-legged as she was in her return to Jersey uh, for that stakes event. Uh, because I, I everything about that, she did it without with barely being asked. I, be, I believe the plugs were still in, too. And she just she mowed down uh, Sarasota and Miraculous Deo fairly easily. So uh, I, I'm sorry, my girl, EJ. That's you. <laughs> you don't really stand much of a chance in my eyes until you beat me, in which case, uh, congrats to everyone who won my money. Uh, I will say, though, Foxy Hill, I think is a sleeper uh, for Chris Ryder and Louis Waugh in that race. 12 to one morning line, only six starts under her belt. She's, she's showing some sneaky progress that I could speak more on. Had I not just thrown my past performance page with all the information on it. So it's a good, good enough reason to move on to the next race. Well, 120 to one last time. I don't know what should, should be like, what, 200 in this race. Oh, I, I would, uh, Mike, I would take half. A, I would take a quarter of the hell. You're going to get take, it. I'd take an eighth of that if I could get it. Goldsmith made is race eight on this Saturday card. Uh, I believe, yeah, just the third of the four fall final four. So this is the the third final four of the night at the Meadowlands. Ten horses going postward for the two-year-old trotting Phillies. $428,000 purse. Uh, elimination winners here are Molina, Soiree Hanover. Soiree Hanover landing post two. R. Molina landing post five. Uh, they are re respectfully uh, the morning line favorites at two to one and five to two. Mr. Johnny Rallis, Soiree Hanover, pretty much all season long, <coughs> has been this dynamo filly that anytime she gets off a helmet, she just gobbles, 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 and keeps plugging along. And then R. Molina. I th has been kind of the, the the surprise grinder with speed as she's shown. But uh, in a race like this, do you feel like one has the edge over the other? Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, it's hard not to like what Soiree Hanover has done so far this season. And Armelina as well. I mean, it was a, a tough choice for Timmy, I bet, right? Just because both were uh, very 
well, one has been really impressive all season and, and one has really, you know, come into her own, but I'm not going to use any of them on top in this race, Ray. I'm actually, Jess actually alluded to it earlier about some rivals getting locked into the pocket. I really oh. love Honey Sweet in this spot. I thought that she was locked and loaded. I love the body language of Yannick Jingra. I mean, I think if she got racetrack, she was going to jog in that race. And I really liked her qualifier when she qualified in, uh, you know, in Lexington at the Red Mile, her, her parimutuel debut. I thought it was a good one coming off a helmet. And I really thought she was going to be one of the top players in this uh, two-year-old Philly trotting division. You know, unfortunately, it just never ended up being the case. But, she, you know, Yannick always tried to cut the mile with this Philly, right? And she kind of got sleepy on the lead. She got things rolling away and would stop. Her races have been so much better when she's had a target to chase, right? So I think that last week, uh, I mean, she was locked in into two-hole. I thought that if she gets out, she was an easy winner. And I think we're going to see some other Phillies in here wanting to cut the mile, specifically being Armelina. And I know Soiree Hanover is at lethal off a of target as well, but we've seen her kind of, you know, get some unfortunate trips in the past. We saw it in the Breeders' Crown when the cover didn't really advance much. But I just think Honey Sweet is, you know, coming into her own right now. And and off that off the bat body language of Yannick, she, she was running over Timmy's helmet, right? I mean, she wanted to go. So I really love Honey Sweet uh, in this spot. And I think there's a good chance she might be my best bet, uh, you know, on Saturday night. Two uh, things. Was, Two things. Okay. One, John. Sorry, Ray. But – um, okay. Okay, one, you got the rail, John. So what happened the last time she was on the rail? Yeah, I mean, you know, the last time she was on the rail, she made the miscue. I, I'm aware of that. And she was a short price, but you know, we don't really see breaks from this Philly, right? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna excuse that. I know that she did make a miscue, but I'll you know, I'll excuse that. It was only one time, it was a great effort last time out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not take a Philly when she's only so, shown one break. You, and you say it was a great effort, and I see that she was locked in, but they went one twenty eight and one. I mean, she had really, I mean, what, she's got to be loaded off of that, off a, a pocket trip and 128. And one, I mean, come on. I mean, like. Yeah, she should you be. Know, you're like, not going to get that trip this week. You're not going to get that. Probably not. But I think I'm going to get a helmet, which I've which I've seen her perform, uh, put forth some pretty good efforts. So, hey, listen, she's going to be a value player. I know that everybody uh, is going to be tough. Maybe those other two Phillies are going to be too tough to but beat. I, but I, I just don't, I don't see the value whenever, you know, she was six to five in, in the kindergarten and she ran and then she's four to one last time against sorry, Hanover. And now everybody saw what you saw. So I don't, I don't know. I think she could be underlaid and now you're going to go on TV and tell everybody that she's, you know, your best bet. And <laughs> well, so, yeah, I, so, I mean, it's just like, I, I, I mean, like, it's just like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of price you think you're going to get, but it's not going to be that high. She's going to be third choice in this race, Mike. And I think that's, uh, you know, in a race where most people are going to be looking to Soiree Hanover and Armelene, I do consider that value when you can take a stand with this filly if she gets the job done. Uh, uh, Jess, Mike, Mike raises a couple of interesting points. I was just about to ask you about Honey Sweet because we all saw in the elimination there off those slow fractions, Yannick, uh, I don't think he had to go to the gym the day after with how much Honey Sweet was pulling on him to go from the pocket. How do you, in your handicapping, uh, rate something visual like that, given the pace setup, given how the stretch drive went, do you do you elevate Honey Sweet, or do you think everyone else saw that I should try something else? Um, there's two ways. I, I think everybody saw that, uh, and if you listen to Timmy after the race, you know he had nothing but choice, uh, but the choice to move to the front, or they were going to go too slow, and he was going to get caught in a spot where he was going to you know, too far back, like the breeder's crown. So, uh, I really loved honey sweet and the, the kindergarten classic final. And that's when she made the, the miscue behind the break or behind the gate, uh, with the rail. Uh, I I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm not saying she's not deservingly to try and you round out those exotics and those other, you know, wagers, but I really liked the way our Molina raced. Um, 
she absolutely flawed her or flawless speed in the stretch the way she did it she did it easily when timmy got off the bike he said this horse is sharp right now um he said you know yeah hoosier maybe the front end wasn't the spot for her to be uh in that elimination in the breeder's crown but i mean look at the way she's raced in the matron uh in the international stallion she raced really well the kentuckiana she raced re really well i think she wasn't facing as tough as companies so people were overlooking her in some of those spots i think uh you know dexter's a good you know obviously a great second choice behind t trick in here uh I don't think um, you're going to get much of a price difference maybe between Suarez Hanover and Armelina. I'm not saying, you know, Armelina is a, yeah, a dead single by any means. Uh, but for a price, I really think Pizel is somebody that needs to be watched. I think the first start over the Meadowlands is really good. Maybe a little flat-ish when they turned for home, but then she really picked up the trot and she was, you know, I know she finished fourth, but they were four across the wire there. And then last week, uh, the the ground she made up, the way she hit another gear, I thought she raced really well. I think if, you know, maybe things are set up a little hot up front, uh, she'll be put in a really good position to poise and pounce late in the stretch. Well, what do you make then, Jess, of a horse like Sambuca Hanover getting the bye uh, from winning the kindergarten final, coming in off that single qualifier where she was 11 lengths behind tactical approach? Obviously, two-year-old Philly probably not going to beat tactical approach in a qualifier, but uh, how do you rate her coming into a stake like this? Well, you know, I was, uh, I've talked to the connections of her a couple of times too. She's a big lengthy, uh, horse and she just really needed a couple of extra starts. So they really tried to aim her for the later part of the season. And I think it's really helped them. Um, there's a lot of money for the two-year-olds to be made in the, in the back half of the season. And, uh, you know, we push these two-year-olds pretty tough. I mean, they come home from the sale, they get broke, they're training down, they're jogging, they're putting all those miles into them. And then you expect them to, you know, be the best of their game in July and race all the way to November. So I think that's the case for her. Um, and again, I think how much do you read into the kindergarten final when Honey Sweet does make a break and it did change the complexion of the race and the fractions really weren't that hot. I'm not taking anything away from her, um, but I, she, never, she didn't see Glamorous Hanover coming up the inside who I thought raced really well in that final as well. And it was a good tightener behind um, tactical approach, obviously, in that qualifier. Uh, I think there's two horses you could use in the top of the ticket, which is Armelina and uh, Suarez Hanover and Pizel and Sambuca Hanover and Glamorous Hanover underneath. Now, Garnsdale, since you were touching on the horses going from three to four, these are obviously two-year-olds towards the tail of their freshman season. Uh, obviously, some of these horses kind of showing us what they are at this point, uh, another case could be made that there probably is still room for them to keep progressing as, uh, you know, in, in towards the end of the season. So do you think that there are any horses in here that um, you think are on an upward swing in this final stakes of the calendar year? Or do you think it's kind of this is kind of just uh, these horses are what they are at this point? I think Pazel might be the, the, the one that Jess uh, referenced. Last two starts are really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, a lot of, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they come back at three. Some of them come back great. Some of them don't, right? Um, so it'll be interesting to see for sure. And so then Pazell for you, is that is that you taking a stand that Pazell no. could potentially grab the pro? Okay. Absolutely okay. not. I'm going to take a stand. Oh, absolutely not. Okay. I'm going to take a stand in single soiree Hanover. I think she's a standout here. I love that. I love that her elimination was slower, but, uh, you know, she was off three weeks. 
Uh, I love that people are on horses that were sitting on a helmet off a 59 half. That's not going to happen again, exactly like Mike said. And I think you might get a little bit of an overlay on her in here. And she's, a, she's an absolute single for me. Uh, Rob, so far you've been pretty much all chalk. Uh, Soiree Hanover, most, assumedly the chalk in this race. Uh, I, have a, I have a hunch you're not going to break uh, this trend anytime soon. I'm going to break it here. But first of all, well, let's check on John because he went, his camera went off for a bit. All right, John. Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly <laughs> like, fine. I, 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 was actually, I was checking the odds board over at Dover. Okay, good. All right, here, here's the deal, though. So actually, I'm actually going to be with John on this one. There you and, go. And uh, you know what? And, and, you know, I'm the first one. Then the Horse Players Journal and on broadcast, I'm going to say, listen, you know what? A horse is supposed to look loaded in situations like that. But um, – yeah, I actually am with John. I watched the replays, and yeah, others saw it too. Probably get underlay, whatever. I get it, but also get an opportunity to take back some value, right? Made a break and stride. Yes, it was from the rail. I think that Yannick's gonna be ready for that this time out, though. Uh, made a break and stride in the uh, kindergarten as a as a heavy favorite. Came back, and and I like that. I like you know coming into this brave now, and um, you know I, I I put a big circle around her as. I don't know if that's in my best bet on the card, but but one of my ones that I'm going to definitely zero in on is a top play. So yeah, I'm actually with John on this one, and hey, I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll take the heat too because I know that we're not supposed to like horses that don't do any racing and look loaded when they should look loaded. I get it, but I just I just thought it looks like a good spot uh, with a horse that uh, should be brave coming into this. So I'm gonna I razzed him a little bit there, but now I'm gonna be with them. We'll we'll go down together on this one, John. Honey, sweet for me. Uh, Rob, you you shouldn't have done that because now now look now look at look look at your left. Mike's pissed. Mike's furious that you would even think Honey's Sweet is a bet here. I Mike, I I want to apologize on behalf of both of them. You don't deserve to have to uh, deal with this kind of stuff. Um, however, you can tell us how Soiree Hanover is probably value at six to five. Well, the the only problem with her is is that she certainly likes to take her time, doesn't she? I mean, she likes to sit back and kind of let the race come to her and it's worked out well for her, but uh, it might not in this case. And, and, you know, that last race, that, that elimination just completely throw that race out as far as how close she was. She just doesn't like to race up close. She's typically five, six, you know, seven, 10 lengths off the pace. And that can lead to trouble. And in a race like this, where, you know, there's really some, uh, I think it's difficult to know who's going to be up close and how the trips are going to go. I'm not sure how aggressive Tietrich is here. She's the best horse, but she might not get the best trip here, and she might have to overcome. Uh, the horse I think that's coming into the race well is, is just is Glamorous Hanover because she's, I think, a, a late developer. These last three races, I mean, she was 90 to 1 in that kindergarten final, and she was, you know, it, it very, very easily could have worked out that she won that race. Uh, you know, she was free just a little bit too late, and she's had two starts since then, and has been second in both. She's not out of place here, and I think she's going to be out of place on the board. Uh, Sorry, Hanover's going to take money. Armelina is going to take money. Obviously, Honey Sweet's going to take a lot of money because Rollis is like mortgaging his house to get this to his horse. And now Robbie's on board too. I mean, shit, this horse could be three to one by the time it's all said and done. So that's just going to inflate the prices on Glamour's Hanover and Sambuca Hanover. If Sorry doesn't win, I think it's a, I think it's a long shot. I, I'm not crazy about Armelina. I could see her, but I don't know. Uh, she just, it's just that, that Breeders' Crown elimination kind of shows that she can maybe. You know, throw in a dud too. That's a possibility. Uh, I want to try to price reach here. I think if the race, the the uh, 
a race blows up, it could be this one because a lot of these have been taking turns and, and beating each other. There's very a good chance that one or two of these could break early. Uh, this division, I think, lends itself to prices. So I'd be this is the race you want to try to find one. And and just just for my sake, you want to do it with uh, this tactical landing Philly, who is one for fourteen. Uh, okay. Lost ground, lost ground against Armelina in that elimination when finishing second. That 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 doesn't worry you at all that she was. Well, it's, it's not that. I just think that she's better right now. She she's better than she was earlier in the season. Uh, she's starting to figure things out. She could get a trip. Uh, she very easily could have won the kindergarten final. Uh, that was uh, you know a lot closer than than it probably should have been on a horse that's ninety to one. So she's not going to be ninety to one, but she's certainly not going to be three. Uh, this is the so I, to I, Mike, right? I don't I'm mind her to Mike for that one. That's for not in the script, John. That's yeah, not in the I, script. And I'm the one who's supposed to not. We're not supposed to like honey sweet, but we can like glamorous. Well, I'm giving you twenty to one shots. You're giving me like two to one shots by the time it's all said and done. <laughs> yeah, but I, hold on. I'm giving you. I'm giving you four to one. She'll she'll probably go off at three, four to one. Who actually? Not when you're done bad. with her, John. Not a frog so bad. Like, that's two. A good shot of winning glamorous Hanover. I mean, she had her own way two starts back. Well, I, mean, I knew you were going to come for me on this. Go ahead. No, Have no, but she, she's one for 14. I mean, I think this is a tougher group here. I mean, I actually did like, listen, I did take a small stab on her two start, a three starts back when she was 90 to one. I really did. And I was watching the inside. So and you thought like, she could win a race at 90 to one. And now I she's was, like 20 in here and well, you think I, it's crazy. Well, no, I liked her at 90 to one because she made a miscue when I played her a few starts back on the 27th. So I wanted to take a poke because I knew that she had a little bit of ability, but not against this group. So I don't know. I think I, I feel like you gotta like Honey Sweet more than uh, more than Glamorous Hanover, but uh, I don't know why nobody's giving you any heck for that. But I don't know. No, nobody's giving you any heck. You must really be in a pew right now, Mister Rallis. I I will never challenge Mike for going with a ninety to one shot as much as he would challenge me for picking two hundred to one shots. Uh, but that said, I I saw everything I needed to see when Soiree Hanover lost the Breeders' Crown Final uh, by a head. So um, I would like to congratulate her as uh, the winner of the Goldsmith Maid. Mike, if you would like to instead Venmo me, however much you're going to bet on Glamorous Hanover, feel free. Um, John and Rob, you could also Venmo me your bets on Honey Sweet too. That way the bettors might actually get six to one if they're lucky and I could finally take a vacation. Uh, ninth race, last to the, it's the final fall final four, the fourth of the final four, finally. Ninth race on Saturday, Governor's Cup. Final four hundred fifty-four thousand dollars. Oh, that's fine. It's the final four. It's four hundred fifty-four thousand. Yeah, you can't make this up. Ten horses going to post. I, I have to scold John here because, gosh, dang it, John, he was zero for ten coming into the elimination, and you had to go and tweet your fingers that Captain Luke might actually be a sneaky horse here. And then he goes off three to two. He wins his elimination, and now he's. He's gonna. He's probably gonna be one of the betting principals. John, why would you do this to me? Why would you kill the price on Captain Luke? I thought I waited long enough. I mean, there was like thirty you seconds. Did. He was three to two in the first turn. You said I, I got know. your bet out at the eighth pole. He was. He was three to one going to the gate. I'm not sure what happened there, but I really thought he was a a value player. He didn't really play the same way in pick five tickets, which he was a stone cold single for me that night. Uh, it was good to see him bounce back with an effort. But you're right, Ray. I wish. Uh, I wish I did get much better than three to two, but clearly Lasix did help uh, this cold. He was actually racing much better than his record indicated, right? I mean, I know he was winless in 10 starts, but those were some really tough colds he was taking on, right? And those were some really good efforts, but 
I, I mean, the addition of Lasix, he looked like a different guy in the qualifier. Yannick obviously booked off for Total Stranger. I mean, just he just pl pledges an allegiance to those connections, right? I mean, having the success to his brother and all that too. Um, but I really like Captain Luke in the spot. I know he's going to be one of the betting favorites, but he just looked so good when he did get a uh, racetrack late in that mile. Um, I think that second time out, he's going to be even stronger here, though. I will say it is a wide open race, but I'm going to side with Captain Luke again. Uh, Captain Luke certainly beat uh, some killers of the two-year-old division, as uh, I know Mike would describe. Ca honestly, my how Captain Luke beating a horse like Newsroom—that's gotta—that's gotta put him up several magnitudes for you. Well, whenever we had the Newsroom argument, uh, I, I still think I was proven right in that situation. Um, you know, now Newsroom adds Lasix. I don't—I don't know. I do think he prefers this racetrack, and he might be okay. I. I'm going to try price. I'm going to try booming economy to hopefully, you know, get another off the pace trip and, and come flying again. Uh, he's 12 to one morning line. I think eh, that's probably a little bit ambitious, but I could see eight or nine anyway here. Uh, other horses are going to take, take uh, action. Louboutin, I think will take action. Newsroom will probably take action. Certainly Captain Luke will take uh, action. Maxim Hanover. I mean, his last two races have been pretty, pretty good. And, and uh, he seems to like to dig in in the stretch. There's a lot of money to come a lot of different places here. I think it's a, another good race to take prices. And uh, I'll try Blooming Economy. Just that off the pace. Hope hope to get a setup and, uh, you know, get, get involved late. Maxim Hanover, the other elimination winner. I had to guess uh, who did not have any John Rallis money on him, seeing as he crossed the finish at four to one. Uh, I'm curious, Jess, you have gotten a close look at Newsroom since he, the moment he stepped onto the track, if I'm not mistaken, he was a debuter at the Meadowlands in either the kindergarten series or something of that sort. What has been your impression from uh, when you first saw him hit the track at the Meadowlands to what you saw when he finished second in the elimination last week? You know, this guy has a lot of fight to him. Um, I think it was in the New Jersey Classics when Wish You Well got kind of close to him there in the elimination. Uh, and, you know, David actually had to ask him once or, or twice down the lane and he responded. And then the next week, Wish You Well came right up next to him and he was gone. Um, I do think he's tailed off a bit. I don't know. Something obviously wasn't right in the Breeders' Crown finally. He made a break behind the gate. He never looked comfortable on the track. He caused a recall. He never really settled down in the mile. Um, but I am glad to see him bounce back because I think, uh, you know, obviously a lot of people were, I read a lot of people were really disappointed in in his effort, which I mean, you can make a case for it, but I still thought he was okay. He, he had a couple of weeks off. Uh, obviously he was uncomfortable. He was bleeding. So they add Lasix, which is interesting because I'm a big first and then third time Lasix person when, uh, you know, looking at these horses and watching them week in and week out. I, uh, whoever said booming economy, I, I like that play as well. He was three wide in the first turn uh, and he was never be able to find the rail. Uh, and he has been racing really good. I think, um, you know, that win in the international stallion was a huge staple for him. Gate to wire uh, in Lexington, you know, parked the mile last week from post seven. If you can use some sort of gate speed just to get positioned and get into the outer flow off the backside. I think he's uh, a definite player as well. Uh, I think this is a quite a bit of a wide open race. I liked Total Stranger. I loved Total Stranger last week. But the horse I did use underneath them was Captain Luke. Uh, and that was the instance where Toddy got, you know, kind of stuck there on the rail for a minute and his horse was doubled up, but he was able to get out. So there's, a, I'm going to have to take a really good long look at the way the horses look at the racetrack. Uh, I, you know, um, 
and you, I don't want them to be washed out, especially with these Colts. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, but I, I think booming economy is a good play in here too. Uh, first time Lasix on newsroom Garnsdale. Is that a, in a stakes race like this, especially last start of the season, is that is that a yay or uh oh? I mean, it could be. Um, you know, he he was pretty good last week. Um, he he he, uh, he started be backed up at the right time, I guess, to get let Captain Luke get some uh, get some room. I wasn't really that impressed with Captain Luke last week. He's had a perfect trip. He escaped at the right time. He easily could have been trapped for the whole stretch. I thought he got a little bit lucky, and. Um, Unfortunately, I need to go first one of these times because I my thunder's been stolen again because I really like booming economy. Um, like just said, uh, Jingra had him in a bit of a jackpot on the first turn, which is, you know, I don't see that happening again. He was three wide going into the first turn. I think he tucked in very briefly, was out the rest of the way. It wasn't the greatest cover, and he came flying late. I was hoping he would draw a little better, but you know what? Because he's got the eight hole, you're going to get a price. Um so that's three of us that like booming economy. Maybe we're not going to get the price we're hoping for, but uh, I'm definitely on him. Well, you you might get a, a piece of it because uh, there's something about him that I think Rob Reed doesn't want to touch necessarily. But I I dare you, Rob, to find who the favorite is in this race. I got no idea. Oh, favorite? I I, I don't know either. Yeah. Um, yeah, this race was this is a tricky race, right? From top to bottom. I, I'm not sure who the favorites can be, but you know, I like Newsroom. I thought he raced really well last time. I agree with Garner. I thought Captain Luke, you can't get a better situation for that uh that win. Uh last time out. Uh you, you sit on the rail the whole time, don't do a lot of racing. And yeah, he kind of had to come uh, off the backs of horses there in tight quarters, but I mean you can't get a better trip than that. So newsroom for me, first time Lasix. I love it. I mean, Jessica said, you know, he bled last time and, and that's obviously gonna, you know, hopefully help that. And I thought he raced really well in defeat to be perfectly honest. And the other horse I thought raced well in there was it Saturday night. So those are the two that I'm looking at. I like Boomy economy as well, but this race kind of gave me fits. So for me, it'd be newsroom over uh, it's Saturday night and uh, Boomy economy five over three, eight. And I'm going to hope that this uh, first time Lizzie's angle proves positive again, last time, Captain Luke, this time newsroom. And every, everyone's saying Captain Luke got a perfect trip. And I won't I won't argue that he was sitting behind the leader. I won't argue that sitting behind the leader is a perfect trip. But man, I the what I saw with him specifically that uh, makes me think he stands a good chance in this race is pure handiness. And I, I know, John, you and I have been seeing this all and we were we were both amazed. It's like, how is he still a maiden? Because he's got he had the speed, he had the ability, but a lot of times it was either like he just wasn't in a good position. Or, or, or some other piece like that. And then Toddy had to make his move. And the horse goes, like, throws its neck out. And he's able to just pull out. And then the horse re-engages, just accelerates on a whim. And just that that, that kind of handy, especially for a two-year-old, uh, to me, stands out. Newsroom certainly has speed. Uh, he certainly can carry that speed a long way. I may have thrown out my uh, A4 vertebrae, in which case, Mike, I'll probably see you later. Uh, Captain Luke, to me, though, I, if he's 6-1, to one, uh, that that's okay. I, I'd be betting that for my hospital bed with Mike taking care of me. As uh, we move on to the 10th race, the uh, dynamic duo of FanDuel Championships. First, the free-for-all trot, $350,000. Hambletonian winner, tactical approach. Getting ready to say bonsoir, not to be confused with the Philly who will win the Goldsmith Maid uh, earlier in the card. 
uh, as he gets ready for stallion duties after a campaign of 1.4 million in earnings, including a win in the Hamiltonian, a win in the Kentucky Futurity, but not a win in the Yonkers Trot. He was nowhere to be found that day. Uh, seven horses going to gate here, and uh, since he's been begging to blow on the horn first, Mr. Garnett Barnsdale, uh, Southwind Tyrion coming in off a victory in the Breeders' Crown Open against his virtuoso stablemate, Alraja One. Does he again have the upper hand? No, 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 absolutely no, not. No, he's no. not. He's not going to get that same trip up that very long passing lane and and all the the, the action and that, that was. No, he's not going to get that same trip. Look, in my opinion, if Alraja One It uh, brings his best race, they're racing for second. But how do we know? What's what he's going to be, right? Um, I think he was in a tough spot in the Breeders' Crown, first up into a 27 last quarter. I don't think anybody, I don't think any trotter was going to pace a sub 27 quarter to win a race that night. Um, it's just a question of is he going to bring his best race or not? That's what you and, and is the price going to be worth it? I don't know. I don't know what his price is going to be. I don't. It's hard to guess at it. I don't think he'll be less than maybe two to one off that race. Um, I do kind of like the three-year-old in here a little bit to get a good piece of it. Tactical approach has just been so good, so good and so consistent all year. And Scott Zero can put him anywhere he wants. He might he might sit the rail the whole race and hope for hope for a trip like the Hambo or the Kentucky Futurity. But I, I really think he gets a good piece of it. I think uh, him and you know another one another one that's coming up. I think has has a good chance. I'm not saying he's going to win the race, but I wouldn't say he can't either. Uh, I was going to say, based off how those trips unfold in the Hambo and Kentucky Futurity, I don't think Scott could uh, ever buy a scratch-off ticket ever again. <laughs> uh, this is the this is, this is is the main thing, though, uh, Robbie. Al-Raja won all the last two years, even though it's only been seven starts. Five of those have been wins. The other two, unexplainable losses. Uh, except maybe that last race where he was in the slop having to go first up, admittedly something different, but... There, there are some arguments that people would make. Maybe you're one of them after I say this. he's He might be two to one after having been three to five, two to five, even money at one point. Is that value no matter what? Two to one? On, two to one. On a Raja one? Oh, yes. Let's, let's yeah. Sign okay. me up. Okay. Sign me up. It's not going to happen, I don't think. Listen, horses like him don't forget to be how to be great. You know what I mean? And and, and to me, he's one of the best trials I've ever seen in my life. Um, uh, uh, even ahead of Ecury D, who you love, Ray, your favorite horse <laughs> ever stepped foot on the racetrack. He's better, though. He is. Um, Al uh, Raja won to me, you know, breathtaking. That that win, the Maple Leaf Trot off a year and the race he was crashed out of, you know, I was there for that one, and it, it was absolutely unbelievable. And his performances after that were, were both, I thought, impressive as well. And then you're just going to forgive him for that sloppy track and uh, a race that was not, uh, Al Raja one like so, I don't think you get two to one. To be perfectly honest, I'd love to see it. I still think he's the best trotter in the race uh, by by margin. Um, and you know, if, if you get even close to that, it might look like value after the race because I I don't think they can beat him again. Like Garner said, though he's got to bring his A game, but I think he comes back with. That. I don't think he'd be in to go if he's not going to bring his A game. And I think we're going to see uh, the best version of him uh, in there. Um, and again, I'll. Technical approach has been really good, but I'll likely be fading the three-year-old again underneath and looking um, more so to maybe it's a, it's a academic for, uh, you know, for a nice effort. Uh, he's a horse that always, you know, kind of finds a way to bring his best, and that's who I'll likely be looking at underneath.
Mikey, Mike, Mikey, Mikey, reel me in here. What? Two, uh, two, two to one. I thought Araja won possibly, but are the betters going to really be that forgiving? Are they going to remember how much of their money uh, was sunken on his defeat in the Breeders' Crown and go double dipping on Araja <laughs> one? I think it'll be some even money in the race. I just think that everyone, hit the, everyone's opinion of him is so high i mean look look at look how robert described him uh, the garnets i know said several different times that he's the best you know thing he's ever seen and and uh but i'm not so sure i mean everyone thought he was unbeatable in the breeders crown and 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 if he was unbeatable he didn't really show it that night now you know when you're supposed to be unbeatable in the second coming you're supposed to overcome adversity and he did not do that uh, he, and it wasn't even close it's not like he finished a close second he he fin he faded to seventh he showed up by appointment only especially this year uh, I don't know. I, I think this is the time to to try to fade him, and I'd fade him in Maltese. I, I would fade him with tactical approach. I'd fade him with its academic. I like. I think its academic really likes this racetrack. I think that he's had a stellar year. Uh, he's he's won nine hundred thousand. Those that Breeders' Crown bounce back, I thought was very good. Maybe going off Lasix at Les Lexington really didn't do him any favors whatsoever. He has a puncher's chance in this race, and he's going to be an overlay. And I think tactical approach could prove better than these if, if a Raja one doesn't show up tell me that tactical approach can't win this race i mean he, he's i think the second best horse in this race he's another one that's had a phenomenal year and if it wasn't for confederate he probably would be horse of the year that's how good he's been so i think the play is to try to beat a Raja one in maltese use tactical approach use its, its academic because there's there's not a lot of value other places you're going to get value in Maltese if you can beat a Raja one in the race. And, and, and certainly, you know, keep an eye on that wind pool. If you can get over five to one and it's academic, I think it's value. Tactical approach, I think, will be somewhere around two to one, five to two, somewhere around in there. There certainly is a uh, much more interesting race in that way, Jess, because Al Raja one's coming in off the defeat, but we we've seen what he is and what he can be. We've also seen Southwind Tyrion's been on a positive trajectory coming into this race, but then also we have these two or a couple of sleepers in its academic. We know has been good, but then is coming in just off that qualifier. Uh, take all comers beating him in that qualifier, and of course the three-year-old tactical approach qualifying. Uh, of those qualifiers, uh, were there any that you might actually move up a couple of points uh, versus just what you see on the lines? Uh, no, I would I would say, though, I would have liked to see Al Rajah one into qualify just to see if he was back on his A game. I, You know, there's two ways you can look at it, like Robert said. If he's not on his game, they wouldn't have entered him into this. But if he doesn't bounce back the way they want him to, I think he's totally beatable by a few others in here. I think tactical approach just went for a trip around the racetrack, obviously, in his qualifier. Uh, it's academic and take all comers both qualified really nicely. I think that those were two really good uh, tighteners. Uh, you know, instead of South Tyrion, I actually really like Rattle My Cage underneath. I think he is a horse, obviously, who hasn't won this season. He's 0 for 9. But but he always seems to be right there. I think he enjoys the big M. I think he he prefers to race there. Being back in Jersey now, uh, I would use him underneath somehow in, in some of those exotics because I, I think uh, he'll offer more value than a few of those other ones. As far as punching a win bet, I have to look at this a little, little bit more closer before I would say anything. But you have to take it one of two ways. You either use El Raja one or you completely throw him out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to imagine. I'm surprised, honestly, in the morning line that he is not the favorite over South Winterian just because, I mean, sure, South Winterian won the Breeders' Crown final, but Al Raja won is 
Al Rajah won. You know, if uh, if uh, Patrick Swayze Hanover came up the racetrack, people would probably go, oh, my God, it's Patrick Swayze Hanover. Uh, but the round like age is certainly amazing, too, given the fact it's been 73 to 1, 37 to 1, 48 to 1, third, third, third. Uh, John, 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 John. Al Rajah won? Yes, no. I think it's you know there's so many ways to think about uh, what you're going to do with Al Rajawan. I think some of these guys touched on it, right? I mean you know, I think Robbie's right. If you're getting even 8 to 5 on this horse, I mean that's that's value, right? I mean if you if everyone thinks that this guy's a layover, like 8 to 5, 7 to 5 I think is value on a horse who we've seen take a lot of betting support. I he didn't look great to me over at Hoosier in the Breeders' Crown, but I don't know. I wonder if I'm trying to think of different scenarios as to why was he just maybe not sound enough? Did maybe um, what he was wearing on his feet. Did that have anything to do with the sloppy track? Did that have anything to do with his performance? I'm not sure, right? I mean, we've seen Oka, uh, you know, tinker with the shoes and whatnot. But again, this was a horse who was coming back from injury, missed uh, about a year. So he didn't look great to me parading last time out. That didn't put forth a great effort. I know Garnet was talking about, you know, you don't want to trot into a, a last quarter in 27 or whatever. You can't go much faster. But I, it was still a poor effort in my opinion, right? I know he was first up, but it wasn't a great effort. I mean, this horse is capable of... Uh, you know, getting getting the win off that trip, uh, or at least putting forth a much much better effort. Uh, that being said, I, I really I don't know what to do with him here though. But I do think if you like him enough at eight to five, I think that he's worth a win uh, price. I do think that's uh, that's value in there for a horse who's capable. And but I do like the way tactical approach has been racing. I love the way he qualified, and and I love the way it's academic race in the Breeders' Cup final. I'm not really sure what to do in this race, but tell you what, three year old or not, they're standing stud next year, right? I mean, this is it for a tactical appro approach. So. They can afford to be aggressive with this guy the same way with Confederate in the next race. I mean, this is it for them. So it's the last start of their career. So, you know, why not just get aggressive and, and hope it pans out? Uh, depend, uh, certainly multiple ways to look at keep your eye on the prize in the way of tactical approach, I guess, in uh, that context. One more to talk about here. Uh, the the grand finale, the uh, coup de gras. Uh, even though I don't want to really overthrow anything here, uh, let, let's let's do something a little different here, kind of like a kumbaya kind of way. Let's let's go around the table, and um, let's let's all say where we're gonna be when Confederate uh, reigns himself the greatest horse to ever live when winning the FanDuel Championship. We'll start with Mike to my right. Mike, where are you going to be when Confederate crowns himself as the greatest horse to come since some may say Jesus Christ superstar? Is he coming back next year? Because I'm not sure that he's going to win this race. So oh. I don't know. I'm going to be at Pete uh, Davidson Saturday night. So I don't know. That's where I'll oh, be. Oh, okay. Yeah, I hear he's got a he's got a good hour ten that he's been doing. I actually just saw Mulaney down in uh, Savannah recently, but Pete wasn't there. Ronnie Chang was his feature. Um, so I, I guess if you don't think Confederate wins, then oh, you must. You must be one of those by the missileites. You must be one of those guys who thinks he's he's the fast horse. He's the better horse. He's gonna win. I know. I know you. I know you. Yeah. I mean, I think he's probably the most logical alternative, don't you? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I don't. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say. I want to believe. I. This is just. I want to believe in a storybook ending for Confederate. Because I mean, we don't know what he is. We also don't know what by the missile is either. So uh, this is if, if for you, Mike. Actually, I should go. I should go to the oldest person on this on this round table. As I now pin myself into a really weird corner as host. No, it's uh, pretty obvious who the oldest person is. I didn't want to point it out, Garnsdale. I wanted to. I wanted to give you some leeway to perhaps be uh, five years my senior. Uh, <laughs> in all your life, having watched harness races and such like that. 
does a race like this with horses like by the missile tattoo artist confederate all aligning in like this big send off party uh hallelujah see you later kind of thing does this does this rank as potentially like one of the races you'd be like most excited in your history of watching every race that i'm talking some beast somewhere niatros annihilator uh an uh, annihilation i don't remember what he did to me would this race be a part of that american canon of harness race Jeez, i don't know i don't know but you asked me where i'm gonna be you didn't ask me where i'm gonna be i'm gonna be here at my computer covering the race for harness link and confederate is gonna be so good that i'm gonna run out of i'm, I'm gonna run out of things to say because uh great horses are supposed to do great things and i'm i, I hate to agree with you especially especially you <laughs> But I'm fully with you, Ray Catolo. Great horse is supposed to do great things. There's absolutely no reason to race this horse conservatively. None. So let's see it. I, I, my, I, I'm starting to feel optimistic and hopeful again. Micah, dampen my spirits. I, I will say, though, just for my sake, I stand with Confederate the horse. I just want to make that very clear when I say I stand with Confederate in this race because of, I mean, just... What we've seen, Robbie, 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 come on. I I know you're a sucker for some beach for what he did, how much he cost, how he saved that car dealership from bankruptcy. But come on, you you gotta you gotta you gotta think Confederate is you, you gotta you gotta be rooting for him. You gotta be rooting for him. I can I can root. I mean, listen, I'd like uh, the poster in uh, Fox Mulder's office. If you watch the X Files, I want to believe. I'm like you, Ray. You said I want to believe. I, I want, to and believe. I want to believe. I do. But I can't bet him in here because he's a three-year-old against older horses, you know, and I, <laughs> and I, and I kind of struggled with that. I really did. Do you? Be okay. Because he is like, um, you know, supposed to be this unbeatable force. And he has been, I mean, he's been unbelievable, but I, you know, post nine and uh, by the missiles been unbelievable as lately as well. So yeah, I, I'm going to side with maturity side with the age, but I do want to believe. So maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be, you know, one of those ones where I'll be, you know, cheering for Confederate, but I don't know, maybe my handicapping principles won't let me, won't let me put them on top. Uh, wow. But I do want to believe in the story and where I'll be, what time is that race supposed to go at? Uh, 1030. Uh, oh. 1030. Okay. <laughs> I've got to go to like a Santa Claus parade or something at night. At you know, 1030? No, no. Earlier in the night. It starts at 630. Um, Sounds like bad. Probably, I'll be back. Uh. I'll be back uh, drinking hot chocolate by then and probably firing on the races. But yesterday, I mean, what price is Confederate going to be? Oh, that, that, that's not a question. That's not a question when it comes to this. That was never a question when some beach somewhere raced in the North America <laughs> Cup. Everyone was like, I got to get my money. Or some beach, yeah. And some of them some of them bet the horse. They didn't even cash the ticket. They, they're, thinking, they're thinking in 30 years, I'm going to sell this on eBay to someone. And I'd buy it some for more than would. it's worth. Yeah, so, I would. For, it certainly actually i think it might be worth more then considering how inflation's gone over the last uh couple of decades uh but you 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 can go be you can go be a fogey with santa claus up there i'm gonna hang out with the young crew down here with uh jess and john who i absolutely know the young people are gonna be rooting and and they're gonna believe the young horse can do it he can be right jess come on come on confederate can win here 
I I definitely think so. I think so. I don't think we've seen the bottom of him. I know he hasn't been contested. I know he has post nine, but I've never seen a horse consistently. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm young, so I haven't watched that many races, but I've never seen a horse consistently come from off the pace with his ability of speed to track down horses and put them away like they are standing still. And I think that is something that he has that maybe the nine other horses don't have. I take nothing away from by the missile. I take nothing away from tattoo artists. I just think that, again, he's not coming back to the races, so they're not going to be conservative with them. Uh, I think even if he does get in a spot where there is somewhere for him uh, to take a spot in the first turn and take a bit of a breather before brushing to the front. I mean, that week in Lexington when they tried everything to leave him out from post nine and he still put them away uh, by like, what, six links was it? And he had a blemish in the week. Uh in his training schedule and whatnot. Like, I just don't think we've ever seen something like this before. Yeah. I and mean, I'll be in the winner's circle interviewing <laughs> the connections of the open pace, which will be confederate. So there you go, Ray. Uh, it, it's not, it's nice to see that there are people who are not only believers who are all, who also want to, you know, stand on the right side of history, which again, the first time you can say standing with confederate is on the right side of history, but uh, that aside, John, I don't know how much more you have to really say because I, I feel like Jess probably took every single word out of your mouth. You are just you're you're yearning at just how much your heart's going to melt the moment he crosses the finish line first. Yeah, she did. I mean, it's true, though, from post nine. Right. Everyone's worried about post nine. Uh, I mean, we, he drew post nine uh, in Lexington. We all watched that uh, that race, didn't we? I think it was me, you and Mike, uh, you know, on the stream together. And, and we were in awe. Right. I mean, parking out uh, that that long out and uh, you know, going that quick and he was able to just draw away from the field. Yeah. This is a tougher feat, a bunch, but Jess is absolutely right. I mean, Timmy's not going to get uh, conservative with this guy, right? He was, he was a bit more conservative with captain treacherous, but that was because he was racing as a four-year-old, right? Confederate's going to be done after this year. He's going to be really aggressive with him. And I think that he's going to, he's going to get the job done. I do like though, just from as a viewer and a handicapper that he does draw the nine hole, right? I think this makes the race a lot more <laughs> interesting. I like the fact that, Horses like By the Missile and Tattoo Artist, who are likely the main, uh, you know, contenders in this race as well, aside from Confederate, draw much, draw much better than he does. So I really and like. We're gonna that get a better price, right? We're gonna go get a better, better price from the nine hole. Well, well, that's exactly it too, right? And I, I'm curious to see what kind of price is. I mean, I think if you drew inside, you'd probably be one to five or one to nine. But I, do you get three to five now? One to nine against these horses? No if way. he drew, if he drew no, inside, if he drew I don't inside, care. like no, no chance. I, no, one to five, one to five. I think he would have been no one way. to five if he drew inside. I, 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 the missile, tattoo ours. No way. You say he's going to be three to five now? What? I think he'll be three to five. No way. No. no I, way. I don't even think he'll be the favorite. I don't think so either. Yeah, I, I he's going to be. Yeah, he, won't, he won't be the favorite. I mean, and again, even if he is, it'll be like a marginal favorite at best. He's not going to be three to five. I'll, I'll, I'll love that then. If, if if Confederate is the favorite, then I'll know that computers do in fact have hearts. Um, I, I mean, everyone knows how I stand in here. Uh, it was it was amazing. Confederate was still standing because he had that little cut. He scraped himself, got a little boo boo in Lexington. And Brett was like, I I, I can't believe it. He he only had three legs and he went forty eight and two. I, I can't believe it. this horse. If he had if he had one leg, he'd probably uh, still be able to go forty eight and two. And don't ask me how. Okay, that's not how metaphors work. Uh, I, I can't, I can't look at this race with an unbiased eye. And to a certain extent, I think because he's going to be probably five to two, three to one potentially in this race. Uh, why not? Why not? I don't want 
by the if by the missile wins at four to five, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel great cashing that ticket because he's gonna be four to five. Uh, I don't want any part of tattoo artists in this race specifically. This is an interesting question though because we've been talking. Oh yeah, where where are you gonna be, John? By the way, after Confederate wins because you, you didn't even touch on that. Where where in the Meadowlands are you gonna be? You're gonna be at the betting window cashing your one thousand dollar show bet on him, or are you are you gonna be doing a two thousand dollar place bet? $5,000 win bet? I'll be I'll be texting you guys saying that I'm right when Confederate's uh, going off his truck. Who's who's John going to rob before he makes these bets? I'm curious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I I think potentially one other piece we could touch on is uh does this do like do we have any other thoughts with a race like this because you know, we look at this free for all pacing division and you know it, there are there are certain horses that are clearly faster than others, but there also is plenty of room for horses. You know, we've seen like Lose Perlman uh, breaking through onto the ticket time and time That was again, my like thought. Lose Perlman, get him in one. the exacta. And he's also going to be a daddy after this. He's retiring too. Let's not forget. There are a lot There's of. There's nothing wrong with him in that race, and he's going to be overlaid. Sir, sir. Um, a, 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 anyone else with any other closing thoughts? before uh, we dedicate the end of the show to Confederate the horse. Any other members? No. Last, last time to say your piece before we wed the couple. Go Bills. Uh, all right. Uh, the Bills are now married. That I got one is... thing left to say. Oh! You said go Bills. I'm saying go Blue because Saturday is a very stressful day for us Michigan people. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell you which university of state that is. Ah, uh, with that then, as I out myself as a non-college football guy, I have at least been Ray Catolo, and everyone else here has been themselves, Mike Prebozzi, Rob Reed Jr., Jessica Otten, Johnny Rallis, Garnett Barnes. Did I mention John Rallis is the associate editor at Trot Magazine? He's the associate editor of Trot Magazine. You'll find him and Jess Otten on the live feed at the Meadowlands. You'll find Garnsdale at his computer writing for harnesslink.com saying confederate is the greatest horse to ever live rob reed jr is gonna be this year's santa claus they finally picked him congratulations robbie and then mike will be getting tats with pete davidson i myself though am just gonna be doing whatever i am because i am the sick threat man thank you very much everybody for joining us on this roundtable discussion my mic is still working amazingly. I'm throwing everything. Edison around. probably hit the mute button. Uh, have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, a wonderful President's Day. Don't forget Martin Luther King Day. That's a great day, too. And uh, next time, harness racing comes around the corner. See you there. Thank you for tuning in.